Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by Armani Buckets and Brandon Dodge. Armani Buckets, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Free agency, what, is uh, almost 48 hours away or a little less than, depending on when you're listening to this. It's going to be exciting this year. Uh, Rob Palinka obviously stressing the continuity things that I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, very curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Brandon, first of all, I mean, we'll talk about this as well. You were there for history last night covering uh, the game for the Sporting Tribune. Again, I've been meaning to go out there to, to the Big A to see Shohei. And not only was he uh, the pitcher, the starting pitcher, 10 strikeouts, two home runs, uh, absolutely historic night. Brandon, what was it like out there? Yeah, I was, I mean, it was great. I was surprised that there were six other players. He became the sixth player since 1893 to have <laughs> ten, 10 strikeouts and, and uh, two home runs in the same game. And I, I was like, wow, I guess, uh, you know, perhaps Babe Ruth, a couple other guys. I know Walter Johnson hit a little bit. Like, oh, back when baseball started, I guess they both hit and pitched a lot. So that makes sense. But uh, look, it was, it was amazing. It was history last night, just being there, seeing how dominant, how like, this is the first time I in, I mean, this is to the highest extent ever I can remember a player single-handedly winning teams games. Like it's insane. He almost got one war. We were talking this about this before the show, one F war, which is like wins above replacement in one game, one game. Wow. This is insane. It's just like, if you're, if you have like two or three wins above replacement as a player all season long, that's considered really good. He only got, almost got one in one game, which is crazy. But going on the Lakers point, yeah, Armand, I saw the r- report about the Angelo Russell uh, how they're going to re-sign him, probably. I don't mind that. I, I kind of figured if there's no market for him, the way he performed in that Denver series, if you can get him for 20 mil or under a year, I mean, uh, why not? I mean, you have the money. They have the money. So, <laughs> you know, there's not a substantial free agent class. Well, so you're going to pay, right? Exactly. Uh, the uh, media, including the Sporting Tribune's Mark Medina, talked to Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham yesterday. They had the press conference for the two draft picks. And during the press conference, Rob Palinka, you know, really drove home what the plan is. And it's not surprising. It's, it's, it's what he's talked about for quite some time in that the Lakers want to keep their core group back. I mean, generally speaking, you know, when a team wins a championship, they want to run it back. I know the Lakers uh, lost in the Western Conference Finals. I think that they learned after, the, and again, there's a big difference when you lose in the first round and you lose in the Conference Finals. I think that they learned after, uh, you know, they got bounced in the first round against Phoenix and again, that they were 
hurt a short offseason following the uh, championship, you know, don't take a sledgehammer to this team. I mean, uh, this this team, again, fell short. I viewed them as the second-best team in the postseason. I think if they would have found a way to beat Denver, they would have won the championship. That did not happen. But, yes, is the goal to win a championship? Of course. Is the goal to beat the Denver Nuggets if you play them again? Of course. There's not a Nikola Jokic out there that they're going to sign. There's not a Jamal Murray out there that they're going to sign. So I definitely push back on the notion that, well, this team uh, lost in the Western Conference Finals, so you've got to do something different. Yes, you got to tweak this, but at the same time, you have to remember where this team was. And we talked about it during the entire uh, season. Me yeah, and our money buckets had this uh, you know, season-long bet. It wasn't looking good for a while. In fact, it wasn't looking good at the trade deadline when they were the 13th seed and below 500. And for them to come back and and not only make the postseason, but have the run that they did advancing to the conference finals, the one thing that I continue to stress was, let's give this team a full offseason. Let's let them have a full training camp, a preseason, a full season to really gel. And again, with that comes sort of like these guys hanging out in the offseason, LeBron, when he finally commits to coming back, which he will, having these players-only uh, training camps in either Vegas or San Diego or something like that. Uh, let's see what this team can do. And again, the biggest thing, as we've seen in the league, is who's healthy. Again, the Lakers, historically speaking, have not always been healthy. But if they're healthy and they go against Denver again, and Denver, for whatever reason, is not healthy, I mean, crazy things happen. I think you have to run this back. And Armani Buckets, I'll start with you, just because, again, we, we kind of talked about this the entire season. You were right at the beginning of the season when you said that Lakers team that began that season was not one of the top teams in the West. You said that they were not a playoff team. I just figured, listen, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they'll find a way. Uh, they were not going to find a way. They found a way when they made the trades that they made and put – uh, players in position to succeed. Do you agree with the notion that they have to run this back? Yes, um, I would agree with what you said, although we have to also say, what is the alternative to that? The alternative is you let some of these guys walk and you basically cannot really replace them in free agency. So yes, you run it back. And yes, you are hopeful that you can create some of that magic that you had last season at the very latter end of the season and into the playoffs. My um, concern with that will always remain the same. The health of LeBron and the health of Anthony Davis, especially with LeBron doing things like, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about the Instagram thing that you saw yesterday with the Atlanta Hawks stuff. I want LeBron... And this is not a good example of it, maybe, but I want LeBron to be fully committed to this team because it seems like his commitment can wane. Um, you know. By the way, so let me just say this. He's very proud of his son. Uh, LeBron hyping that up uh, brought to my attention one thing, and uh, I should probably talk to Brandon about this off the air. I mean, we are for sure now at the Sporting Tribune going to be doing mock drafts week after week. We're going to have Bronny James going to a new team. We're going to tag LeBron James. We're going to tag him. <laughs> Hopefully he gives us some shine as if to say, hey, 
Brooklyn, we pulling up. Hey, ATL, <laughs> we pulling up. Like, of course, listen, he's proud of his son. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, are we really, like, dude, like, we haven't even played a game in, in college basketball this season, and we're already having him going in the mock draft. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think... He's taking this offseason to kind of play with our emotions. Uh, he, you know, he kind of a clap back to Mike Malone. Not that that really, you know, again, people forget Mike Malone was one of his assistant coaches with Cleveland. So, I mean, they, they have a history there. Uh, like, I don't mind that at all. I, I think it's fun. Um, LeBron's going to come back, in, but, but you're 100% right. It comes down to the health. They were as healthy as they possibly could be during the postseason. Will that happen again this year? I'm not sure, but you kind of just have to trust that. You can't, to your point, what's the alternative? Brandon, what's the alternative here? I mean, like, if they let these guys walk, they'll have some cap room to do something, but they, they're not going to improve the team. If they just let these guys walk, and I think that that would create, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 million, they're not going to improve the team that way. No, I mean, and the guy you would have for that money if they let all these dudes walk is Kuzma. And it's like, do you no? Like, you don't yeah. want Kuzma back. No offense. I mean, as good as he is uh, for that price, um, maybe perhaps Bruce Brown, but really you're going to let Rui, Reeves, and Russell walk for Bruce Brown? Like, come on. You know, so for, for that, it's like, there's not, it's not a strong free agent class. I know Armand's excited, but I'm not. I mean, this is going to be a very vanilla free agency everybody that you think is going to sign somewhere is going to like Nikola Vucevic is going back to the Bulls James Harden is going to go back to the 76ers Damian Lillard's not getting traded like uh, Kyrie Irving's going to resign with the Mavericks no one else wants him Porzingis already been traded right like nothing is going to happen Chris Middleton perhaps leaves uh, if they want to assign Drew and Brooke but I think all three will come back uh, so for me, it's like, and I think Russell signs with the Lakers, right? So that's all the big free agents right there. And I think Russell Westbrook might take a discount to sign with the Clippers, right? Because he's found a new home because he's had, yeah, he's made so much money. I mean, he was getting overpaid for three years. Might as well get underpaid for one, right? <laughs> um, so like, I just don't, the Lakers, yeah, run it back. Give them an off season. I'm excited to see Max Christie play some more minutes, Cole Swider, Maxwell Lewis, I'm not as high on the Jalen Hood Shafino pick as other people. I like him, and I think he'll be good. And but I, I think the Lakers scouting department has earned our trust that they saw something in him that maybe perhaps we don't see. Um, but they're going to run this whole team. I don't even know who they're going to get for that non-taxpayer MLE. They have 12.4 million they can use, but Bruce Brown's not going to sign for that. Do you go get Josh Richardson, maybe a guy who's versatile defensively and can you know score a little bit? Do you get Steph Curry and not pay him the full money, give him like seven million to be a sharpshooter? I don't even know what they're going to do. This is an abysmal free agent class, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if if we kind of go down the list of, uh, and again, the Lakers extended qualifying offers to Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, no surprise there, effectively making them restricted free agents before the free agency period begins on Friday. So Austin Reeves is now uh, is a now a restricted free agent from everything that we've been told and we, everything that we've heard. The Lakers are going to match whatever offer that comes his way, even if it's a hundred million dollars. They're going to match that. Rui Hachimura, uh, 
you know, not quite in the same class, but I, I, I would be shocked if he does not come back. The intrigue really begins with D'Angelo. D'Angelo is an unrestricted free agent right now, uh, previously signed a four-year, $117 million contract. Now, um, if, if, if he had the series he had against Minnesota or Golden State, I think there's a huge market for him. He had almost... Maybe not as bad, but it was pretty darn close. A Dennis Schroeder-like series against the Suns. If you remember, Schroeder was in line to, to, for a huge payday. Had this disastrous first-round series against the Suns. Uh, not only does he did he not come back to the Lakers, didn't get like, anything remotely close to what he thought. Um, that's where the intrigue kind of begins. Let, let, let me just close out the, um, the free agent class really quick. Lonnie Walker the fourth. Now he's a player that I think we all liked when the Lakers signed him. Uh, do you see him coming back? No, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think they can afford him. I mean, you're not going to give him twelve point four million dollars. He's not worth that. No offense. I like Lonnie Walker a lot. Um, I think he's probably going to sign with the team. Look, I'm not saying it's out of question. You could. You don't have to use all twelve point four million of the non-taxpayer Emily. But then you're wasting that on giving six of it to Lonnie Walker, and you can't use the rest, right? Yeah. It has to be there's one player it has to be allocated to. You can't use it on multiple players. So, like, I'm not ruling it out, but I think I think he'll probably accept a five million dollar taxpayer mid level exception for a team like the Suns or the Warriors or somewhere where he can go compete because that's more in his price range. The Lakers only have their non taxpayer of twelve point four, and then vet minimum contracts, you know, nothing else, and you no cap room. You got to remember with Walker, yes, he had that amazing postseason game against the Warriors where he had that amazing second half, uh, you know, just a heartwarming press conference, had a fantastic game. He got a lot of, you know, DNPs late in the season and even during the the postseason. So you're 100% right where... Yes, he he was a professional. He played through his, uh, you know, when he got down, when he was out of the rotation. But you're literally talking about a guy that during the playoffs, during the postseason, got multiple DNPs. I don't think you can go from that, despite the amazing postseason performance he had. Uh, that was just one game uh, to now making twelve million our money buckets. Lonnie Walker the fourth. What would you do with him? Yeah, I think that there is a lot more untapped potential with Lonnie, as you guys just mentioned, with the DNPs than we than we saw. Um, the biggest thing that I'm looking at in terms of free agency is we know this is a league that likes to screw over the Lakers. Who is going <laughs> to try to screw over the Lakers? The Austin Reeves contract, I'm sure they'll match it, but you still have to apply pressure on the Lakers if you're another team in the West. Are you just going to let Austin Reeves go back for four years, let's say $60 million, No, no, no. Could- I think there will be a $100 million contract offer. Like, I, I don't think anyone will give him a contract with a poison pill uh, that's effectively, you know, let's but just the, say, you know, year one and something's crazy. It, it is likely that he does get that offer. But the thing is, If you are a team like San Antonio and you give him that offer, now by the time the Lakers could take the full time to match it, and then all of a sudden you have no other free agents left. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. So that's the problem. Like, if I mean, I think your original question, who wants to screw over the Lakers? I think a lot of teams would love to. The problem is if you want to give a crazy contract out, 
if you give him, and again, this, this is not crazy because he probably he may get something along the lines of this, a four-year, one hundred million dollar uh, contract offer. Uh, the Lakers will let you. Uh, um, you know, they're not going to match it immediately. They're going to tie up that hundred million that you have. Uh, what's the time length? Is it is it one week? Is I think it, it's I think it's three days. Three days. Two, they they are going to wait days. all three days of that again. Uh, we never got this confirmed, but the Lakers felt for a while that the Clippers and Kawhi basically had a deal in place. The Lakers certainly thought they were in play. The Clippers-Kawhi uh, deal was not official until a few days into free agency, where at that point, if the Lakers had a plan B, they couldn't go to it. It was it was too late at that point. So, I mean, listen, it, it worked out for them. They, they they put together a team that, that won a championship that year, but... If, if if they knew Kawhi was not going to come, they would have shifted to plan B very quickly. So that's 100% right. Yes, teams want to screw over the Lakers. However, do you want to tie up $100 million for three days? The more interesting one, and I haven't heard anybody really bring this up, and I have no idea if it could be true, but we know Sacramento does not like the Lakers. And we saw what Rui Hachimura did in the playoffs. The Kings just cleared out cap space by trading away Rashawn Holmes on, on draft night. They have about yeah. 30 to $35 million to, to play with. People are saying Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. I would much rather pay Rui Hachimura than overpay for Kyle Kuzma. Hachimura in the playoffs, 48% from three, 50, almost 56% from the field. The guy proved what he's capable of, and I feel like the market on Hachimura is the one that it could get tricky for the Lakers. Because if you're a team yeah. like Sacramento, you might be losing Harrison Barnes. Rui fits their course timeline. Could that be a possibility? They yeah. just went and got Malik Monk last year, who was a Laker, and we saw how that worked out. So maybe it's one of those things where Sacramento waits and lets the Lakers kind of develop the players, and then they they try to take them. <laughs> so I, I don't yeah, know. I don't speculation obviously i'm always i would honestly let rui walk if someone's willing to pay him 20 plus million dollars a year because i think someone's going to offer rui 20 or close to it just to try and screw with the lakers and make them hard capped and match it but i think the chess move would be to just nope sorry you gave him 20 million you're stuck with him uh 15 i think you match 16 you match even 17 you match and it's 20 mil a year as much as i love rui hachimura I can stomach letting him go if someone's going to pay him $20 million a year. Right, yeah. Armand? I, I love Rui. I, I, you said he I was, was going to be in jail. Yeah, exactly. I know what I said. I know what I said. And I was wrong. This guy was an integral part of their playoff <laughs> run. I just wish it was a little bit more consistent from a night-to-night basis. But this guy in the Memphis series, him and Reeves were were revolutionary for this for this team. And the fact that he's 25 years old... I know 20 mil, but the cap is going to rise. I don't know. If it's not something egregious, I think I would give him the 20 mil, even if it hurts, you know, at the time of giving it to him. I, I would still hesitate on letting Rui walk. I think Rui and Reeves with, you have to bring back. With the Lakers, they, you can't have two players like Rui and Reeves where we'll match whatever. I think Reeves is that kind of a guy. I think Reeves with what he's meant to this team is pretty darn close to like, like 
you know, it, it, it would have to be a crazy contract for the Lakers to not match. And even then they might do something that they would not normally do and match it with Rui. Like, I, I don't know if you could put him in that same uh, class. That being said, the Lakers and Laker fans went through hell for a year and a half. Again, one year uh, post, uh, you know, when they, they lost in the first round, made that trade for Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, below 500. 12th seed, didn't make the playoffs. Really trending in that direction the following year, below 500, 13th seed, not going to make the playoffs. For them to make the moves that they did, and for them to go on the run that they did, and for them to knock off Memphis, for them to knock off the defending champion Warriors, for them to be playing in the Western Conference Finals, and for them to finally have a core group that you're like, man, you would feel really good about going into to this season, you have to factor that in. So I don't know if that means paying Rui Hachimura $20 million a year, paying Gaston Reeves over $100 million for uh, you know the, the length of his contract, but you have to factor that in. You, that, I think that's why uh, Rob Palinka is saying, hey, listen, we got to bring this core, core group back because not only what they did, not only the fact that they got to the Western Conference Finals, but that they never had a full season together. I mean, this team was put together in late February, like like a, a, mo- a month and change before the end of the season, and they went on this incredible run. What could they be if they had a full season? So we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there for that. We'll, we'll uh, talk about more of the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, and all the craziness. Going into free agency when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Second segment of the show brought to you by Circus Sports. Uh, by the way, speaking of tickets, uh, we'll be giving out some uh, summer league tickets, and we just got confirmation that Victor Wembanyama will, in fact, be making his San Antonio Spurs debut at the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, debut July 7th. So uh, hopefully the crew is back there again. Had a fun uh road trip or whatnot uh, a year ago so we'll see uh are you guys leaning uh one way or the other i would love to go yeah i would love to see victor yeah, i heard yeah, that yeah. the prices are insane though 
Have you have you looked into that, Arash? I haven't, but uh, would love to make that happen. I think we were we we went to the first game last year, right when the two top picks went up at the head. So yeah. I know Victor's maybe a little bit different. Uh, so, but yeah, it would be fun to head out there again, see uh, see all the craziness and the madness. The NBA is also doing a um, convention where a lot of. Uh, Brent and former players will be there. And um, anyways, they, they've, they've, they've really made Summer League one of their tentpole events right up there with the draft and the NBA Finals and stuff like that. Again, uh, the first segment, we, we, were, we were talking about the Lakers and where they are at going into free agency. Uh, again, free agency begins Friday, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we stopped at... Um, where are we at? At Lonnie Walker, the fourth, uh, we think, listen, I mean, obviously there's a cap in terms of what they should pay him. So if, if, if he's going to be making more than uh, six or something along those lines, the Lakers may make him, uh, may have him walk. Let's go down the list again before we head over to the uh, Clippers. D- Dennis Schroeder, interesting story with Dennis Schroeder again, coming back to the Lakers. Uh, you know, I think a, a amazing pickup. For the vet minimum, does he come back? Yeah, I um, would go ahead, Armand. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say that I w- I would really really try my best to bring Dennis back. I wouldn't pay him an egregious amount of money, but this guy was so instrumental in so many of those close games and wins. He just he he doesn't really need to do much with the basketball in his hands. He can kind of spot up and shoot. He can play the pick and roll. I liked him a lot for this team, and I feel like he's one of those guys that if you left, it wouldn't be apparent as to like, oh my God, we're missing Dennis Schroeder, but it's like, he's one of those guys that it's just the slight difference makers that championship level teams maintain and keep on their roster. So within reason, yes, I I would try my best to keep him. Yeah, I agree with Armand. I don't know if he'd sign for the vet men at this point in his career. Obviously, they can't pay him more than that unless they were to uh, extend the um, ta- non-taxpayer MLE to him, um, which would be a bad decision. I don't think he's worth anything close to $12 million or over $5 million. Um, they don't have the, that uh, other uh, biannual uh, exception, I don't think. I'd have to check. So I don't know how they're going to retain him unless he signs for the vet minimum. But I think this is something where if he wants to win a championship, um, you know, be a pivotal piece, like $2 million is still a lot of money. You know, yeah. $1.5, $2 million is still a lot of money. I mean, I know when you look back and he declined, quote unquote, although we don't know for 100% certainty the four-year $80 million deal a few years back because uh, he wanted more. But, you know, he could be a part of an uh, instrumental part of the championship caliber team. Why not? I think that would be great. Uh, the problem I have with the Lakers is last year they had too many guards. That's why, like, yeah. the Jalen hood Shafino pick I did not get. Get a forward. Get a center. Like, dude, you don't need guards. <laughs> that, that's my thing. I know the scouting department loves guards. They're infatuated with all these guards. They have, like, seven guards on the roster. It's like, dude, you cannot lock down uh, Jamal Murray with guards. You need a forward like Vanderbilt, I guess, is their guy, right? But you need another forward. Vanderbilt does not, cannot play offense, right? So, like, I don't get it. I'm interested to see maybe Josh Richardson is that guy because I love the fit with Josh Richardson. I'm hoping for Josh Richardson on the Lakers, and I would give him the full $12.4 million. I don't care. 
All right, the other uh, move that the Lakers are going to make official here, and again, th- this was one of the reasons that they I, I really love this trade. Uh, when they got Jared Vanderbilt, could not have anticipated how instrumental he would have been to this team in their postseason run, especially on the defensive side of the bubble. One of the beauties of bringing in Jared Vanderbilt was the $4.7 million team option, which the Lakers, not, not surprisingly, will plan to exercise. Um, so he's coming back guys. I mean, just a, a, an amazing signing again. That was not the headline when they made the deal for D'Angelo, but they would not have had the run. They had this postseason had it not been for Jared. I don't want to always be the guy that has to do the pushback, but I am going to do a little bit because I, 4.7 million. No, I completely agree with everything you said. I believe in his defense. I love that. But as the playoffs went on, and I, I'm trying to pull up his game log as we as we speak here. As the I, playoffs, I got to be honest, though, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt is not, but, but that yes, four point seven is amazing deal for a young, talented player like that. You and I think you will agree, and Brandon can chime in here. You're not going to get his effectiveness by looking at his game log. Now, listen, no, but he's, he's not a great offensive player. So at some point in time when you're going into the postseason and you get to the conference finals and it's like, we need some production on that side of the ball. Yes, he's not going to play as much. But yes, I'm sorry. Continue. So in game three against the Nuggets, his minutes waned all the way down to 13 and a half minutes in that game. Yeah. So because of his lack of offense, he couldn't really see the floor. And the problem is not Vanderbilt necessarily because his contract is amazing and he's a great player to have and to to keep. It's just that who else on this team, if Vanderbilt is not going to get better offensively, who else on this team can guard those Jamal Murrays, as Brandon, you just mentioned, the Steph Currys? Because it can't just be this guy, because if his offense doesn't come along, it's too much of a liability on that end. And that's why you saw Rui actually get like 40 minutes in those final couple games against Denver or nearing about 40 minutes. It's it's a big question mark for this Laker team. It's the biggest question mark. And the reason why I'm still skeptical is because we talked about their improvement on defense, how great they were defensively, how their defense changed the whole narrative of their season. But let me ask you this, which top tier defense allows a single player to score 30 points in a half? In a, are, are we talking about Nikola Jokic? Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. I think it was game three. Yeah. Um, those things against elite defenses typically don't happen because you can just say, this guy's going to guard him. Or if not this guy, this guy will guard him. With the Lakers, it was Vanderbilt or bust. And they have to find somebody else that can be that guy. Real quick before Brandon chimes in. I mean, I think this is why you want to have these guys come back, have a full offseason, full camp, full all that. I'm not saying Jared Vanderbilt is ever going to be a like offensive juggernaut, but I promise you a full offseason with Bill Handy, uh, he's not going to be the same player he was when he came in again. He comes in at the trade deadline. So, I mean, he, he, you're, you're really not going to improve uh, on that side of the ball at that point in time. Again, not going to, like, no one's ever going to confuse this guy with a 2010 uh, production. However, full offseason with Phil Handy, I do think he will be improved on that side of the ball. Brandon, Jared Vanderbilt coming back. Do you like it? Oh, of course, for $4.7 I mean, this is a guy who I'm still marveled about how excellent his defense is. 
I know Armand's like his shot. We'll give him a full offseason with Phil Handy and Chris Gent. Hopefully he'll be able to shoot a little better next season. He's still young. He's 24, 23 years old, I think. I mean, the dude younger than us, Armand. I mean, this is a guy that is, I think, has still loads of potential, especially defensively. His wingspan seven foot one. I, I think what we're going to see is Maxwell Lewis play a lot immediately because I think he's going to have to. I mean, I, I, I know they, they kind of, we're holding uh, Max Christie's hand and not letting him play in big minutes, but I think that affected the team last year. I think he should have gotten some playoff minutes. I think that would have been instrumental for this next year. They weren't. They don't. I mean, like the rotation went down to like seven guys, and maybe those guys aren't back. Maybe they are. I think Christie's going to have to be that defender, and I think Maxwell Lewis is going to have to play next year to be one of those defenders with the seven foot one wingspan. You're just going to have to teach him. All right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Sorry. I I just wanted to chime in really quick on that point. You see a team like the Denver Nuggets putting in a rookie Christian Brown for defense in big moments. He was guarding Kevin Durant. So I agree with you, Brandon. I think the Lakers can follow that, follow those footsteps, and use Maxwell or Max Christie in those kinds of situations. All right. Just to close out the free agency class, Troy ba- Troy Brown Jr. Not really uh, concerned about that. He really fell out of the rotation. Uh, Tristan Thompson, again, not really concerned about that. He was on TV. They, they signed him the last day of the season. Wayne Gabriel he totally fell, fell um, out of the rotation. The intrigue here, uh, it, just when you look at the cap and the way that they can per- perhaps maneuver things around, are these two players. Malik Beasley, he has a team option for $16.5 million. Again, obviously clearly much more than what they should be paying him. However, from a cap perspective and a player that you could look to flip, do you bring him back? And finally, Mo Bamba, $10.3 million player option. you got to imagine he's going to exercise that. Okay, guys, Mo Bamba, Malik Beasley. What happens on that front? Armani Buckets, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that, you know, if Rob thinks that there is a deal to be made with one or both, that he will opt them back into the team options and then do the deals. But if, you know, if there is no deal to be made, you go the cap space route and you allow them to walk and then or you could maybe keep one and not the other and see maybe, okay, Malik Beasley's money, we can keep that hold on to it, and then use it later on. It's always good, as we've seen recently, to have those kinds of contracts just to be able to maneuver later. That way you don't have to send out a rotation piece. And we've seen John Collins just recently, although his contract is a little bit pricey, but those guys are going to start to go for very cheap. And if you have a guy like Malik Beasley, it makes a trade feasible. You want me to go? Yeah. Send all three to the Guangdong Tigers. Oh, okay. Your, favorite. A, your a, favorite. No, no, no. In all seriousness, Troy Brown Jr., I would love for a vet minimum. I still think he provides some versatility on both ends of the floor off of the bench. I mean, you're not going to get much. I mean, this is a guy who's probably, honestly, started off the season very well, exceeded expectations, wasn't playable in the playoffs, but he's still young. And, you know, he shot, what, 34%, 35% from three all season long? Played some decent defense, not the best defender, but like for a vet minimum contract, I mean, keep the band together. See if you can improve him in the offseason. Beasley's going to get the fine. No one's paying him $16.5 million unless he's going to be a sign-and-trade for somebody else. Same with Mo Bamba, who apparently wants to be a Chicago Bull. Very yeah. adamant about that. So good luck. Now you'll have Sonogo, Vucevic, and Mo Bamba, the big three at center, when you could have yeah. had Wendell, Wendell, Franz, and uh, 
and Grady Dick out there in uh, Chicago. But go ahead, Armand. I also think it's important to see how the NBA has changed. In baseball, you have pitchers that we call innings eaters in the regular season. Basketball has turned into a lot of the same. And Malik Beasley, there's a reason why the Lakers traded for this guy. Now, yes, you can decline his team option, but you do have his bird rights. And his value went way, way down. He's a really, really good shooter that didn't show it on the Lakers. But if they, let's say, decline his team option and bring him back for $2 million or or close to the vet minimum, that would be a home run because he's the perfect regular season innings eater. The guy was lights out at the beginning of last season shooting from three. It, it just, I feel like his legs kind of tired out on him. He's probably not used to the amount of minutes that he played last year and you know, by the time that they needed him, he wasn't really producing at all. But dude, for like a two million, I would I would totally take back Malik Beasley if I'm the Lakers. By the way, I had that big uh, first half against the Mavericks. What was it? He had six three pointers. To your point again, that, that that was just one of those historical games. But I mean, he can do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't know if he'll be available for two or three million. I would expect Malik Beasley to get at least five from somebody. Yeah, that's very possible as well. In which case, I would say sayonara. Guangdong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or Shanghai Sharks. Um, all right, listen, not as much intrigue with the Clippers because effectively we know, listen, they, 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 they did reportedly dip their toes in the trade waters just to see what the trade value could be for, for Paul George. They're not going to move him. They obviously are not and really can't move on from Kawhi. The Russell Westbrook, that's the intrigue there. Again, Brandon, to your point, he's made a, an ungodly amount of money during his career. Um, I think, listen, he's from Los Angeles. This is home for him. He's happy here. Um, he found a home here. Listen, I, the postseason didn't go as he would like, where he was basically the number one option for a team that didn't have Kawhi and, did, and that did not have Paul George. But he's with... He's home, but playing for a team that wants him, a fan base that wants him, uh, beat reporters that uh, like covering him. <laughs> it's a totally different situation. So if you're Russell Westbrook, A, uh, what's what's the market like for him? Because here's the thing. I mean, no one's going to pass up on a ton of money, right? But like, my guess is he's found a home. He's happy here. He doesn't want to hit the reset button. Your thoughts on Russell Westbrook, guys? I think that with 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 Westbrook, you're looking at what does he prioritize, right? The familiarity and comfort of Los Angeles and being a Clipper, which could come at the cost of what three point eight million, or potentially, he might be able to get a taxpayer mid level exception from someone, so a slight raise in pay. But at this stage of Westbrook's career, he's probably in that Kyle Lowry role, but a little bit more, you know, running your second unit, pushing the pace for your offense. And which teams could that be? I'll tell you one that I could totally see do it is the Chicago Bulls, which <laughs> I, I would not be, you know, very happy with. But it, it just seems like that's the type of move that a team like the Bulls would make. But which which teams are in that position not many. Could we see maybe Miami if they do waive Kyle Lowry to try to bring in Russell Westbrook? I do think there will be a market, but at the end of the day, he's from this area. He feels like, you know, he was at home with the Clippers. He was beloved by the fans when he signed. I, I feel like it just makes sense for him from a 
mental standpoint to stay put, but I guess we'll see. I absolutely agree. I said in the first segment, he was overpaid for three years. He's going to be underpaid for this year. And I think it's a perfect situation. You Look, I want to believe that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will not be injured all year. But like, I mean, for the possibility that they are, you have a guy in there who is healthy. who's always going to be healthy and ready to play. Really hasn't had any injuries in his whole career. Knock on wood. So I don't think that because I really like him a lot as a player, uh, despite, you know, his struggles on the Lakers. I think this is great for the Clippers. That's the big get. I think they can get him for $3.8 million. I think that's where he's going to go. Go ahead. Can I, ask, I, I was going to somewhat shift the topic just momentarily here because I don't think I've had a chance to ask you guys this question. Obviously, we talked about Summer League, Wembanyama. Uh, Arash, I'll start with you. Um, what do you think the Spurs are going to be this season in terms of could they actually make a play-in tournament with Wemby in year one, or is that too too much to ask for? My guess is no, just because, again, he has to develop. I think the majority of the people who are talking about him and, you know, what's his uh, trajectory, I mean, they keep talking about year three and four. A lot of that has to do with, you know, going into the weight room and the development and things like that. The interesting thing that the Spurs do have, though, is a ton of first-round draft picks. So, I mean, again, I'm I'm not saying that they're in the running for a potential trade for Damian Lillard or anything like that. But what I'm saying is if you are a team who's trying to hit the reset button, if you're trying to rebuild, if you want to haul a first-round draft picks and maybe some young players, uh, they are in that group. You know, when you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, again, post-Clippers trade with all their first-round draft picks, I mean, generally speaking, teams with a ton of first-round picks like that don't keep them. They they want to flip them again. I mean, you're you're not gonna, uh, you know, like over a, a couple of year span make you know ten first round picks. But um, if, if 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 this team effectively kind of how they are now comes into this season, they'll be obviously much improved. I don't see them being a play in tournament team in his first year, but as he develops. As he gets bigger and hits the weight room and works with Tim Duncan, works with David Robinson. I mean, it was really cool, by the way. His first night in San Antonio going out with David Robinson and Tim Duncan and managing Ginobili, that was very cool. So, not in year one. I could see potentially in year two, though. Yeah, year two for sure. I think they make the playoffs, not just the play in in year two. I'm a call yeah. right now. Yeah, really quickly. It, it, it is, you know... I think it's feasible, but the 10 seed last year had 40 wins. The Spurs had 22. So could you see an 18 win improvement in year one? Eh. I think that's the problem there is that they are going to be improved. I think they they could get to 30 some wins, which is a heck of an improvement, right? Do they get to 500? Probably not in year one. But again, I mean, I, I just love that he joined a franchise with that with that track record of success and so again very excited to see him in las vegas we'll be out there again july 7th first game for victor Wembanyama in a san antonio spurs jersey should be a lot of fun but again as we head into friday beginning of free agency one of my favorite times of the year because we could just talk about trades and rumors and all that great stuff all right that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.